Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Joining us now um, is Damon Tyner. Damon Tyner, of course, a former Superior Court judge, also former Atlantic County prosecutor. He's currently managing member of the law offices of Damon G. Tyner, LLC, an Atlantic County-based law practice. Damon, good morning. Good morning to you and your listening audience, Solomon. Always good to hear you. Yeah, man. Good to hear you, too. It's a whole lot going on. I got to ask you first about uh, the the ruling on um, Donald Trump. Uh, The appeals, federal appeals court uh, ruled that he is not immune from prosecution for uh, anything that he did while he was president. What are your thoughts? (laughs) Well, the, the best thing I've heard on this is that, you know, common sense prevailed. Um, it, it, it was, this, this was an appeal to the DC circuit from, uh, judge Tanya Chuckin's ruling earlier in the federal district court where, you know, Jack Smith is, uh, bringing, uh, charges against the president. And it was just such a ridiculous argument mm-hmm. by the Trump team on so many levels and the, uh, the Court of Appeals, the D.C. Court of Appeals, which, by the way, sends the most uh, jurists to the Supreme Court. Uh, it's a very, very well-respected district. Uh, it is, you know, they call it the, the baby Supreme Court, essentially. It was a unanimous verdict. Yeah. Uh, all three, including uh, a judge that was a Trump appointee that has sided with him on some of his arguments in the past uh, by writing dissents. This was a slam dunk. It was all three. Uh, it, it was just an incredible decision that, like I said, it goes to common sense. You, you cannot, you know, the reason why this was history making or that it was president precedent setting was because a president has never committed the types of crimes that Donald Trump has. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just the, the most remarkable, ridiculous thing. Uh, that anyone has ever seen. And, uh, you know, commentators are, are all pretty much lined up on the same, uh, in, on the same team on this one. And they said that the, uh, the Court of Appeals, uh, the Circuit Court of Appeals couldn't have been more nicer. Uh, but they, in a nice, polite way, just said, uh, Donald Trump, you are, and your le- legal team are full of crap. Yeah. Yeah, just just an amazing thing. And and the part that really jumped out at me was when uh, during the um, their arguments before the court, uh, one of the judges asked, uh, you know, so are you saying that, you know, if if he decided to have SEAL Team Six kill one of his political opponents, that would be OK and he would be immune from that. And his, his lawyer's like, well, yeah. And and right there they lost to me. Right when you you answering that question with that foolishness. You lost right there. It it goes back to what everyone is. Well, not everyone, but most of us with, uh, you know, good sense have been saying that, look, Donald Trump, you are not a king. Right. You are an elected one term president. Mm-hmm. And uh, you do not have just you just cannot act without impunity. Mm-hmm. And it's what we've been uh, asking for for so many years as it relates to Donald Trump. And that's called accountability. And uh, this this court did a went a long way with just shooting down every argument precisely. 
Yeah. And uh, just said, look, you do not have immunity. Uh, these things, you know, the, the reason why no other president has uh, been charged with, uh, you know, war crimes or things like that is because they've never committed them. They've mm-hmm. always acted within the bounds of the scope of their office. Crazy stuff. So they gave him until February 12th to appeal to the Supreme Court. What does that short time frame do? Well, uh, you know, it certainly puts them on the on the defense and that, you know, and he will, you know, like, what does Donald Trump have to lose, really, uh, by appealing to the Supreme Court? Right. He, uh, you know, he has appointed uh, several of them. Uh, You know, if there's ever been a chance for a Hail Mary, uh, this is it. Mm -hmm. But as we've discussed uh, on this show, you know, other times, he doesn't have a, a, you know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to take the case. Right. It's not a guaranteed right. Right. So they can file for what's called writ of certiorari and they can ask the court to review the case. But this is once again the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals who issued a unanimous decision. Let's see what that looks like. If they take the appeal, essentially they're giving, uh, you know, they're staying the proceedings below and they're sort of giving him a win. Um I don't think they want to touch it with a, a 10 foot pole. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're in, in all likelihood, uh, they will not take this case, uh, up on appeal to the Supreme Court. Uh, it will go back to Judge, uh, uh, Chuck in and she will, uh, schedule it for trial. Mm. Wow. Just amazing, amazing stuff. So, um, gotta talk about some, some other things that are going on because there was something else that was, precedent setting that happened um, yesterday. And that, of course, was the conviction of Jennifer Crumbly, whose son, Ethan, shot and killed four of his classmates, uh, wounded some others, shot a teacher as well. Um, And his mother has now been found guilty of, of manslaughter in that case. What kind of precedent does that set? And will we see more cases like that? Uh, I think you will. Uh, this case was watched, uh, you know, nationwide. Uh, it's the first time that a parent, in, in anyone's recollection, that a parent has been held directly responsible for a child's conduct in this manner for such serious crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a situation where she was, in fact, charged with involuntary manslaughter. And uh, her, by the way, her husband uh, is set to go to trial on uh march 5th mm-hmm. they originally started out by uh having joined their case joined together uh it was split up uh ultimately when it was determined that their interests may be different mm-hmm. uh mainly because uh you know it was revealed that jennifer crumley was having an extramarital affair mm. and uh you know his defense team determined that hey they weren't on the same page and that she some of her testimony and claims could be trying to place blame on him uh, for other reasons. Mm-hmm. So, but let's go back to Jennifer Crumley. Uh, she was the, the most compelling thing I heard in this case is that uh, the juror, one of the jurors said that she was the last adult seen with the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave this young man a, a gun, he, uh, access to a gun. He was 15 years old. He was spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. He was the, the school. Uh, called them in, including on the day of the, uh, the shooting, called them in, showed him his drawings, showed him, showed them, uh, his writings, 
uh, that, you know, this kid was definitely calling out for help, needed psychological uh, help, and uh, they did nothing. They ignored his needs. Uh, they essentially unleashed him on the public, mm. and uh, he spiraled out of control, and he shot and killed four people. Uh, it's just such a sad case on so many levels. Yeah. But, you know, once again, we've seen parents that had, uh, in the Virginia case where the uh, six-year-old shot the teacher, uh, that parent was held for child neglect mm. uh, or improperly s- securing a weapon. We've never seen a case where the parent was held directly responsible for the child's conduct. And I think that you're going to see this uh, pattern uh, happening throughout the country uh, on uh, this crime as well as on other crimes. Yeah. So I, I think if if I'm the father, I'm just I'm getting ready uh, to go to jail because if they convicted her, I think they convict him as, as well. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, possibly there, there are, you know, like I said, she was the last one that was seen with the gun. Mm. She tried to suggest that uh, the father improperly secured it. That's a uh, that's going to come down to testimony. And whether or not they can prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, maybe he says that she improperly secured the gun. Uh, I don't know. Um, but there's there's a I think the father has a little bit better of a of a shot. <laughs> Excuse the pun mm. uh, was definitely not meant uh, in any way. But the, the father has a a a better opportunity to uh, beat these these charges mm. Uh, because the the mother just had so much going on. I think they're going to throw a lot of uh, mud at the wall against the mother. And, uh, you know, she was the one who, I don't know if the parents were, uh, I forget that uh, part of the uh, facts, whether or not the both parents were there at the school. It's my recollection that the mother uh, was at the school and, and basically uh, left him in school, did not take him out that day mm-hmm. to take him to get the uh, intervention that he needed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there, there are going to be some interesting facts that come out at the father's, uh, father's trial. But um, I wouldn't say that that is a clear uh, guilty conviction at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and it might involve a plea. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. After he saw what happened with his wife. Yeah, just, just really... Um... A, a rare case of, of parents being charged in connection with a shooting carried out by their son. Of course, the, the case that you referred to where you had uh, the parent, I think they got her on something else um, lying child on neglect. the application or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, application, also child neglect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got her on, but they didn't get her for, you know, uh, uh, any of the uh, possible assault charges or anything else that could have gone along with that child's conduct. Okay. You know, as as I look at uh, the shooters in Philadelphia and beyond getting younger mm-hmm. and younger and younger, um, you know, I, I think this is a tool, quite frankly, in the toolbox of prosecutors that, that parents you know, need to be held accountable because where are your kids getting these guns? What are you doing about it? What? When did you learn about it? Did you know about it? And did you try to intervene at all? I, I do. I think parents absolutely have some responsibility, and so I, I see this as another tool. Look for uh, for, and we all know that parenting. Uh, for those of us that are parents, mm-hmm. parenting is a tough job. It never stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine are twenty five, twenty four, nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I understand. I I served as a family court judge. 
I've seen families in crisis. I understand uh, how tough of a job it is. But at the same time, uh, they have to be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up, I'm sure, sure you know, we are of a certain age mm-hmm. that we grew up in the era of the commercial. It, it's nine o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Yeah. Um, that was an effective public service announcement uh, that obviously I recall 40 years later. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, the reality is, is that there are too many parents who don't know where their children are at all hours. I, I'm reading stories of kids that are 13, 14 years old out at three in the morning yeah. uh, committing violent crimes, uh, whether it's carjackings or armed robberies that are shooting people. Uh, the difference might, some might argue is that they are not, uh, getting, uh, guns from their parents that are licensed gun owners, that they're getting them illegally in the street so that, you know, gun reform is necessary and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But the reality is accept the accountability. Yeah. You signed up for it. Where are your kids? That's right. You have to protect them. It's our job. To protect them. That's right. And, uh, you know, I know it's difficult, but you got to try. You got to make the effort. Mm -hmm. And too many people are just throwing their hands up and they're not making that effort. Mm -hmm. That is uh, Attorney Damon Tyner. He's a former Atlantic County prosecutor, former Superior Court judge, currently managing member of the law offices of Damon G. Tyner, LLC. How do people get in touch with you, Damon? As always, they can catch me at 609. 299-1250 299-1250 or uh, on the internet, they can check out my webpage at www.tinerlawteam.com. All right. I want to thank you for joining us this morning on WURD. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 